Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hit that share button if you would. Absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, just cold filtered water. Tonight's recommended snack, lamb shish kebabs. It's a Tuesday night edition of the Daily Boogie. So much to get through. Settle in, put your feet up. Let's do this. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Tuesday edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely day and a lovely night because I certainly have. Uh, This is Boogie Bumper. I'm your host probably for the next hour or so. Uh, I know that there's a rally tonight. I know that President Trump's doing a rally tonight. So um, if if, I, I don't know what time that is, is that in like an hour or two hours? If it's two hours, no problem. If it's in an hour, I'll probably wrap up the show early so everybody can trundle off and watch. El Presidente deliver his words of wisdom to the waiting crowd in Milwaukee, which apparently we've been told today will soon be on fire in the matter of only a few months. So that's exciting for the Milwaukeeans. Very exciting times ahead for the people of Milwaukee. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to set Milwaukee on fire, then do not follow me because I don't want that kind of attention. But if you're not going to set Milwaukee on fire, then you can do, you can follow me by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Uh, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, there's a couple of ways you can do it. DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. Grab yourself some lemons and leave those sweet, soury little suckers in my succulent fruit bowl. Or you can head to the address down below, streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper. Like I said, so much to get through and so little time. Uh, I'm referring to, of course, the Project Veritas video, which I want to go over with you. Uh, Besides the first article that I'm going to show you tonight, I'm going into tonight's show completely blind. We've got a whole bunch of clips. No, I'm not drunk. (laughs) We've got a whole bunch of clips that I have not even watched one second of. Just based on the title itself, I knew that it would be good. I knew it would be fun. I knew it would be good daily boogie mateer to bring to you. So I, I can't wait to get into the clips. So much to get through. For the uh, keen observers, for the astute observers, you would have noticed the opening song, You and Me and the Bottle Makes Three. Of course, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, made famous by the Vince Vaughn film of 1998, I think, called Swingers. Oh, let me get my sound. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for subscribing over on DLive. And the reason I played that, of course, uh, Vince Vaughn... (laughs) How, how dare you, Mr. Vaughn? You know, I used to really like Vince Vaughn. I used to really like him. I used to think he was very talented and I used to find him very charming and attractive. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I'm not sure if I can watch any of his movies anymore. Uh, one of the writers, I think he's from Vox, Aaron Rupa, he tweeted something out 
no, like something like, no, literally no liberals are upset that Vince Vaughn met the president. This is a conservative talking point or something like that. I'm like, uh-huh. Because then you just go to the hashtag, like Vince Vaughn was trending on Twitter. You just go to the trending page and you just see like line after line, tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal these diamonds, Gypsy? Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. So you could just see tweet after tweet after tweet of outrage. Some of my personal favorites were people saying things like, well, you don't have a problem with this. Would you be okay with him shaking hands with Adolf Hitler? <laughs> I wouldn't be okay with it because first you'd have to be a grave robber. And that's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of icky. Ugh, worms. So no, I wouldn't be okay with him shaking hands with Adolf Hitler and picking up the skull. Hello, my name is Adolf. Wouldn't like that at all. That'd be awful. So Vince Vaughn, of course, uh, becoming a, a trend on Twitter just for meeting the president. Unbelievable stuff. Love Vince Vaughn. Uh, someone accused me on Twitter earlier of modelling my whole personality on Vince Vaughn and Crocodile Dundee, but of course you left out the queen. But two out of three ain't bad. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. So like I said, so much to get through and so little time. Let's kick it off, shall we? I forgot to change the sound for the sub. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hear you say. Yes, it's very annoying. I will change that at some point. Tip Thank Tracy. Titty Tracy. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, dear. This could be very disjointed. <laughs> I wanted to show you this article. I normally don't get angry with shit like this. And to be fair, I really, I didn't really get angry. I was more, it was more, is peeved a less intense version of angry? I was slightly peeved when I saw this headline and read a few lines of this, of this piece. Now it is Vox. So I was probably starting fighting an uphill battle from the beginning. I'll see you in hell. But I want to show you why I was slightly peeved. Because this this kind of shit is unbelievable to me. And and the way it's presented makes it it's like rubbing salt in the wound. Listen to this. Why Amazon's donation to the Australian wild wildfires provoked a backlash, but Facebook's didn't. And the subheading is we're getting pickier about corporate philanthropy. Now I'm not a big fan of Jeff Bezos. I'm not a big fan of Amazon. I don't use Amazon. I don't purchase anything off Amazon. In my opinion, Amazon represents crony capitalism, uh, the kind that avoids taxes, right? And I'm not a fan of taxes either. But if we have taxes, well, people probably should pay them. I'd rather we didn't. But Jeff Bezos does deals with government to get favorable conditions for his own company. And he also engages in, you know, pulling up the drawbridge to hamper small to medium businesses, thus eliminating competition. You know, I forget which Rockefeller it was, but one of the Rockefellers, one of the richest families on planet Earth, once said famously that competition is a sin. You know, medium to small business is the largest employer in the Western world, whether it be the United States. Gypsy, thank you for the Ninja Gini. Very generous of you. So Amazon 
uh, lobbies government to put up roadblocks ahead of small to medium businesses, thus cutting up, cutting off competition and access to market. Uh, it's a lot more expensive for smaller companies to do the similar kinds of business that Amazon does. So I'm not a big fan of them. But, you know, they donated recently. Jeff Bezos announced that he's donating a million dollars to the Australian bushfire relief. A million dollars. And I'm like, hey, no worries. Thanks, mate. We, we will happily accept your million dollars. I'm not a fan of your company. I'm not a fan of the way it operates. But you know what? People giving money to charity, if it's voluntary, then so be it. So be it. And I wouldn't have a problem with him giving a billion dollars to a million dollars to whichever charity he so deems fit to receive it. You know what I mean? I'm not against charity in any way, shape or form. But this article, man, on Sunday, Jeff, try to wrap your head around this. On Sunday, Jeff Bezos announced that Amazon will donate $1 million Australian in assistance to wildfire recovery after Australia's devastating bushfires. 28 people and more than 1 billion animals have died in the fires, which have burned an estimated 15.6 million acres of land. You can't comprehend these numbers. 15.6 million acres. Like, you, you, you can't... You, you can't picture... 15.6 million acres. Like you can picture one acre or you can picture five acres or you can picture 10. But there's a thing in the human mind, once a number gets too big, we can't we can't imagine it. It's just we only think of it as huge. You know what I mean? Like you can picture what it might be like to win a million dollars, what you would do with a million dollars. But then 100 million, 200 million, 500 million, a billion. Once it gets high enough, it makes no difference. Like you, you, you can't imagine it having that much money, right? I think the same thing applies with this. All around the world, people have come together to raise money to help from the band Metallica to Kyle Jenner to national governments and to do-gooders on Twitter. But the reaction to Bezos' announcement has been unenthusiastic the donation is less than he makes in five minutes, Business Insider pointed out. <laughs> Amazon's donation is insulting, said Vice. A million dollar donation is insulting? Hello? What the hell is wrong with you? The furor over Amazon's donation, this is the article again, a simple corporate gesture of the kind that big companies make all the time after natural disasters is a sign of the changing times. It used to be that donating to disaster relief was an easy way for companies to get some good PR and build rapport with their customers. The reaction to Bezos' announcement of wildfire relief contributions shows that that's not necessarily true anymore. Instead, Amazon's donation reignited existing anger about Bezos' astounding personal fortune. Amazon's policies as they relate to climate and the way that philanthropy gets waved around in cases where it can't really do that much good. <laughs> so we're angry that Jeff Bezos is so rich and only donated a million dollars he only what a what a skint bastard what a cheap prick only a million dollars how dare you what an insult and i'm reading my jaw is on the floor when i'm reading this i'm like really I'll see you in hell. have you ever heard the expression never lift uh, never look a gift horse in the mouth 
And I think if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that comes from, you know, if you give somebody a horse for free, you check the 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 mouth of the horse, you check their teeth and their gums to see how old they are and how healthy they are, right? So hence the expression, never lift, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Do, do, do we still practice these old sayings? It apparent, apparently not. The, look at this. Look at blue check marks on Twitter. The richest man on earth is donating roughly the same amount as three women raised in 12 hours selling nudes on Twitter. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? I'm amazed that somebody would, you know, somebody announces that they're donating a million dollars to a crisis relief fund and people have the fucking audacity to say, not good enough. How dare you? <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. But the way it's presented is, oh, we're, we're getting pickier about corp, uh, corporate philanthropy. We're getting pickier. We're getting more choosy. We're, we're getting more selective. Fuck that. We're getting more greedy. That's the problem. We're getting more greedy and self-entitled. We're getting more arrogant and greedy and self-entitled and we're turning into shit people. That's the problem. It's not about being picky. It's about being fucking ungrateful. Somebody gives you a million dollars and you've got the audacity to turn around to them and say, oh, what do you think this is about? What? What? A million dollars? You earn way more than a million dollars. Can't you do better than that? <laughs> Fuck this guy. What's wrong with people, man? <laughs> Amazon has a market cap of nearly one trillion, which means the donation is effectively nothing to the company. It's a, it's a lot to the people who are getting it. A million dollars is a lot to the people who are receiving the million dollars. We don't judge these things based on how much money the person has. Like people uh, leave tips for this show, and I'm very grateful. People are Patreon supporters of this show. They leave tips for this show in DLive and on Streamlabs. Like imagine imagine if you uh, gave like a $2 tip or something, and on air I turned around to you and say, hang on, don't you earn like 80000 a year? Is that all you can do? $2? Why, I'm going to have to get a lot more picky about where I take my donations from. <laughs> this $2, you earn more than $2 in an hour. Surely you can do better than that. You would you would watch, you would look at this and say, this guy is a fucking asshole. Fuck this dude. I'm never coming back here again. I'm never tipping this program ever again. It's it's amazing. I couldn't believe it when I read it earlier. Giving a million dollars to bushfire relief and people like hundreds of people on Twitter. It wasn't just this one guy. You can go to the thread. Hundreds of people saying, what an insult. Disgusting. He earns way more. He's got so much more money than a million. Is that the best you can do? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the people whose houses are now sitting in a pile of ash don't share your sentiment. Just shut the fuck up and say thank you. Christ. Oh, oh. Thank you for the subs. So, I, I, I'm, am I wrong here? Am I missing something? I, I don't I don't get it. So that just that that like I said, that left me slightly peeved this morning. Total ungratefulness from top to bottom. Entitlement. 
greed. It's, it, it makes you feel dirty just reading it. These people. Nothing's ever good enough. It's like, you know, my wife was telling me, my, my wife's a big fan of Pink, you know, the singer. And Pink came out, you know, on, I think it was on Instagram or something. I don't have Instagram. I don't pay attention to it. But I think it was on Instagram. Pink came out and said something like she's donating half a million dollars to the bushfire relief fund. And I said, oh, that's nice. That's excellent. And my wife says, yeah, but you should see all the replies underneath it. It's all of these people saying, uh, why did you Why did you have to make it public that you were giving money? Your, 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 <laughs> people were accusing her of income shaming people. Now that's a thing. Oh, Pink, how dare you give half a million dollars and post about it. And she wasn't like saying, look at me, I'm so good. She said, I'm donating half a million dollars to this relief fund. Please, like, if you can, join in. Help me. Let's raise some money. I'm putting in half a million. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. If you want to donate, like, come on, come with me kind of thing. You're right. She's trying to encourage other people to do it. And all of the replies under this post are like, oh, this bitch. (laughs) This bitch is donating half a million dollars. She's trying to make everybody feel guilty and ashamed that they don't have money. It's what is fucking happening in these communities on the internet? What is wrong with you people? You have had too much social media. You can't do anything anymore. Literally giving half a million dollars to charity gets people calling you a bitch. (laughs) This is why you should never care what random nobodies on the internet say about you. You shouldn't care what they think. Because there is a there is a subsection of humans out there who are on, on the interwebs, who are on social media, who you could drive up to their house with a Rolls Royce, hand them the keys, hand them a briefcase with $2 million in it, and hand them, you know, a 10 out of 10 lingerie model and say, this is the girl you're going to be sleeping with for the next week. And they'll look at you and say, is that the best you can do? I still think you're a bastard. What? I don't even like Rolls Royce. Why didn't you get me a Ferrari? <laughs> I think social media is turning, you know, adults into entitled, selfish, ungrateful children. Oh, look, Pink, she thinks she's so hot. Pink thinks she's so good donating half a million dollars. What, are you trying to make me feel bad for earning 30 bucks an hour? It's like, dude, fucking settle down. Fucking relax, man. You are sick in the head. You have very, very severe emotional and psychological problems. Why bother? So don't worry about these fucking idiots. They're just going to hate everything regardless of what you do. Don't even try. They're insane. People are insane. All right. Speaking of insanity, I want to bring this to you. Uh, I haven't seen this clip. I, I don't know what's going on in this clip, but it was shared by Tatiana McGrath. Well, Tatiana McGrath, so I know it's quality. It has to be quality. Tati, if you're not following Tatiana McGrath on Twitter, you are missing out on lots of fun. Lots of laughs. She wrote, so much this, if anyone asks you for evidence of racism, just tell them that asking for evidence of racism is evidence of racism. Your move, bigots. So let's check out this little clip that Tatiana McGrath shared. Five million views. At the heart of this, Dr. Sherlock, do you believe that racism is to play? I mean, this is a question that you feel actually you're exhausted. Oh, my God. Harry and Meghan again? 
I've seen I've seen this chick who who's about to speak. I've seen her on CNN doing the same routine. She thinks that the reason that Harry and Megan are leaving the Royal Family, and I'm fucking sick of hearing about them, by the way. You're lucky. If you're in the United States, you're lucky. You've already dispensed with the royal family. Here, the intensity, the, the focus on the royal family is probably 10 times what you have to put up with. And, you know, I don't care. Royal weddings, nice. People like to watch a royal wedding. People like to see the announcement of a royal baby. I get it. We don't hate the royal family. But these two assholes, man. Just story after story and fucking clip after clip after clip. Oh, what do you think we're going to do? Oh, why are they leaving? Oh, the turmoil. Who cares? People move out of home all the time. You're not special. (laughs) So this chick who's about to talk, she was on CNN the other day speaking with Brooke Baldwin. Uh, She's blaming racism for Megan leaving the UK, for wanting to leave the royal family. Apparently, living in a palace, being served on, waited on hand and foot, having everything possibly provided provided to you, and literally being married to a prince is not enough. Well, you know, I just don't feel welcome. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. So let's have a look. You feel, actually, you're exhausted of having to defend it because for you... It's so blatant that, yes, the answer is yes, racism is to play. You've taken taken the words right out of of my mouth. It is exhausting when you keep hearing... Lawyer and political activist, oh dear. People either deny that racism is at the heart of this. Yeah, if you're a lawyer and a political activist, racism kind of has to be at the heart of it, doesn't it? Because otherwise you're out of a job. People go, it's criticism, but it's criticism steeped in racism. And look, I think that the difficulty here for a lot of people is that they do not understand this thing. And the thing is that it is not the job of black people and ethnic minorities to educate white people on racism that is perpetuated by white people. Good. good. So can you shut the fuck up about it then? You know, it's not our job to educate white people about the racism of white people. Then why the fuck is that all I hear about on these channels? Why is that the only thing that ever gets talked about here? You know, it's not our job to talk to the white people and make sure, show the white people why they are being racist. But everybody should listen to me now because I'm telling you why you are the problem. Why you are the white people are the racist problem. Whose job is it to educate the white people then? Don't worry, I've got an article lined up. We're going to go through this because we, we care about solutions here on this show. We're not just going to be pointing at things and being you know angry and making jokes about it. No, no, no. That's not very productive. As you know, you know this is the uh, communist, eco-fascist, gender-fluid safe space program. So we're going to we're going to go into solutions after we watch these couple of clips. Don't worry about it. Take notes. Get your little notepad. Get your little pen. If you want to be a better person, if you want to be educated about your own toxic whiteness, then this is the show for you. White folks need to go educate themselves. Educate on the themselves. They perpetuate. The reason why okay. the racism experienced by Megan feels so personal and it deeply resonates with a lot of people. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Thank you for the sub. Thank you for the sub, Native California. Is, it, is anybody else picking up on this illogical fallacy here? 
You know, the reason that the racism feels so personal, the racism directed towards Megan feels personal to me. Are you a princess? Are you a former actor? Are you having sex with a ginger prince? No. Why does it feel personal to you? Because we can just invent, you know, you know, have you ever been accused of not having enough empathy? You know, that, th- that thing that people like to throw out there? Why don't, you, why don't you get yourself some empathy, you bigot? There's an argument to be made that too much empathy is actually detrimental to your health and well-being. Because if you're taking shit personally, if, if somebody is insulting somebody else, and you've never met either of the two people engaged in this, you know, back and forward, You've never met the person doing the insulting and you've never met the person who's been insulted. You have no personal connection to this situation whatsoever. If that comes off to you as a personal thing, I would say you have far too much empathy. You've been eating way too many empathy pills. You need to chill. You need to calm down. There's no need for you to feel personally insulted. It's like, you know, when people say, oh, I'm just I'm just so embarrassed by Donald Trump. I'm so embarrassed for our government. It's like, why are you embarrassed? Even if you don't like the guy, you're you're not him. Why are you feeling embarrassment on behalf of him? Like, don't you think that's a problem? Why don't you just worry about what you do? I would be embarrassed to say that. (laughs) Fucking unreal. They just keep pumping it though, don't they? They just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. We are really close to, I think, a host on one of these morning shows when somebody gets on there and says, well, the problem is white people are racist and it's not my job to educate you. And any kind of uh, criticism of Meghan Markle is steeped in racism because I feel it. Well, I think we are this close to a host on one of these breakfast morning shows, like just slamming the coffee cup down on the desk and going, you are fucking out of your mind and getting walked off the set triumphantly saying, I can't listen to this shit anymore. We're that close. It's because it's symptomatic of the culture of racism in the United Kingdom. What, what, what examples do you have? You see, that is another problem. When people ask, keep asking what examples, it makes me question, it, it, it makes me question, where have you been the last two years? What have you been reading? What have you been, what have been, been listening reading, to? I've been reading right. some criticism. Right. I haven't personally read anything that <laughs> right. I could say was based on... And- <laughs> Okay, I'm open to your suggestion. I'm open to your argument. Can you give me some examples? Well, that's a problem. And see how she just, it's just always accusational. She just turns the conversation back onto the guy asking for evidence. Well, that makes me question you. You asking a question makes me question you. Uh, I'm sorry, that's really not how this transaction works. Uh, You make an accusation. I ask you for an example you then question me about what I've been reading and stuff. Just give me, just give me one. Okay, fuck it. I've been, I've been reading comic books. So can I have an example now? I've been reading the TV guide. Is that what you want? Now, now give me an example. <laughs> no, see, when you ask for an example of racism, that makes me think that you're, you're ignorant. Oh, oh. <laughs> This poor guy. He didn't know what he was walking into here. He didn't know that asking for an example would prove just how racist he is. Right. I haven't personally read anything that right. I could say was based on and this is, racism. And, and this is part of the problem. And that, let me explain what racism looks like from a 
the lens of white privilege. Now, now hang on. Hang on. <laughs> How can it possibly be that if we can only experience racism through our own lenses, right, and through our own identities, how can it possibly be that I can't talk about the experience of Meghan Markle, but you can talk about how white privilege works for a white person? You've never lived as a white person. You've never experienced white privilege. How do you know? How do you know how fucking good it is? <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that just wonderful? The only, it's like, you can't talk about the black experience if you're not black. Fine, I'll take it. You can't talk about the Asian experience if you're not Asian. Okay, whatever, makes sense. Uh, can we talk about the white experience? No, you see, because you are steeped in your own racism. So you need other people to tell you about your, your experience. Oh, really? <laughs> Fucking news to me, darling. <laughs> Let me tell you about... The, the the lens of white privilege. Let me tell you about how you think. Oh, D didn't she just say, oh, it's not the job of people of color to educate the white people about their racism. That was 30 seconds ago. You know, it's not my job to educate white people about what disgusting racist pigs they are. But since I've got you here, let me educate you about your own white privilege. Right. <laughs> Why are people listening to this? I'm playing it because I find it fucking funny. Problem. And that, let me it's explain what racism looks like from a, the lens of white privilege. White privilege. White privilege whitewashes racist and inflammatory language as unconscious bias. It perpetuates the bigotry of intolerant white people as ignorant. It See, she's not having a conversation with you now at this point. At this point, she's just lifting shit from a textbook. She's lifting shit like that university intellectual uh, tip, you know, mindless word salady stuff. This is just repeating. She's not engaging with you one on one. She says, let me tell you about the lens of white privilege and then just falls back on what's been programmed and starts talking about, you know, institutionalized and bias and all of this kind of shit. But she, she's not actually talking to you with you. She's talking at you now. She's educating you. Something she said she would never do. Why, why, I'm, why I'm so surprised that we've gone back on our promise so quickly. It defends and protects their private views once spoken uh, as misspeak. And then right. camouflages. Camouflage, misspeak, hidden messages. Fuck. <laughs> I think if you ask the right questions, people will openly tell you how much they don't like you, especially on the internet. <laughs> Behavior as error of judgment, which is exemplified yeah. by Danny Baker's tweet yeah, right. when well, he when he compared was... Archie to a yeah, chimpanzee. Yeah. Now, look, I think you didn't say anything about Meghan Markle, though. If you look at a lot of the criticisms she's faced, even a lot of the examples, it sums up to one thing: How dare she? She doesn't know her place. She's uppity, right? When a black woman right goes Ugh. along with the flow, does what is expected of her, mm. it's all okay. But the moment she are you doing that right now? Are you going along with the flow? Are you doing what's expected of you? Are you ticking a box? Are you making people happy? If not, why are you on TV? No, you see, asking questions like that is proof of your fundamental white racism that you have been camouflaging in the form of, you know, logical questions. 
You know, to be fair to her, logic was invented by old white men thousands of years ago. So I, to assume, I, I assume to perpetuate white supremacy into the current time, into the current day and age. God bless that uh, white supremacy because without it, we wouldn't be able to build airplanes and buildings and stuff, you know, because logic is important. Maths is important. It's all a construct. Um, <laughs> Joy Reid, because of Trump, Nazis are walking around America. I've, I've got bad news, guys. Hitler won, I'm afraid. Hitler won the day. Yeah. And let me talk the other, the other, because I think what we're, what we're kind of all getting to is Donald Trump. We were talking about this in the, in the hair and makeup room a little bit as well. He produces a kind of anxiety. In <laughs> D-Live Dingus in the chat. I want to speak to the CEO of racism immediately. Does, does anybody else find the irony in this little statement from Joy Reid? Listen to this. Donald Trump, we were talking about this in the in the hair and makeup room a little bit as well. He produces a kind of anxiety in people that is so profound. It's part of the reason people are profound. obsessively watching this show. And, and Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not go crazy here. Let's, go, let's not go crazy here, Joy. I'm not sure how many people are obsessively watching AM Joy. The ratings may tell a different story, to be fair. But don't you just love, you know, as I was sitting here in this multi-million dollar studio in preparation for my uh, national syndicated cable news program, for which I get paid six figures, whilst I was getting my hair and my makeup done in this very pampered environment, I was thinking to myself, gee, I'm just so full of anxiety and fear right now because of Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump produces levels of anxiety and fear and hatred that I can feel right here in the security compound of MSNBC whilst I'm getting pampered, having my makeup and my hair done and getting paid six figures to go on my own TV show on cable news. I could just feel it. I can feel the, I can feel the hatred. I can feel the anxiety. I can feel the fear. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe go off the compound from time to time. You know, just walk down to the cafe, get yourself a bagel, get yourself a coffee, whatever you got to do. Try to mingle with real people, ordinary people. And say and ask them about the levels of fear and anxiety and loathing that they feel on a daily basis like if, if you were taking this at face value, you would think the entirety of the rest of the population of the Western world would be called, curled up in a ball, rocking back and forward, pissing themselves and crying. <laughs> like not able to function, not able to get up and walk around, not able to have a conversation. I'm pretty sure people are still going to work. People are still playing games. People are still watching football. People are still, you know, talking to their neighbors. They're still mowing their lawns. So it's almost like they want a society of victims, isn't it? Isn't that strange? We will tell you. We will tell you how you feel. You know, because it's, <laughs> because it's important not to educate the white people about their own racism. They can't do that. They have to educate themselves about how racist they are. Donald Trump, we were talking about this in the in the hair and makeup room in a little bit as well. Oh he God. produces a kind of anxiety in people that is so profound. It's part of the reason people are obsessively watching this show and, and Rachel Maddow. And it's like. 
should we tell her? Should we tell her? <laughs> Fake news, I hear you say. Rachel Maddow is sort of their psychologist at this point. Psychologist, um, that's people- the problem. That's the problem, Joy. She's nailed it. Congratulations. I mean, we're basically psychologists at this point, telling everybody how depressed and weak and fucking shitty they are all the time, how anxious they are, how much in fear they live. We're basically psychologists now. People are afraid of... I never thought I'd say this, but if this is the case, then I am in favour of Big Pharma. I'm in favour. Can we get the pharmaceutical companies to pump the population so full of drugs that they don't know their shit from shoe polish? Can we do that, please? If this is true, then we need more drugs. We need more Valium out on the streets, please. Not just what he... Thank God bless the cartels. God bless China and God bless the cartels importing all of these wonderful pharmaceuticals into our neighbourhoods to make us forget about all the fear and anxiety and loathing and hatred and, and, and you know, shockingly awful situation we find ourselves in when we're getting a cream cheese bagel down at the cafe. He can do, but what he's doing to people, what he's bringing out in people, the kind of people he's surfacing in the United States, you have uh, swatting happening and Nazis walking around. For, it, it is Nazis a- walking around. Dun, 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 dun. Goose stepping, goose stepping in a in a neighborhood near you. Scary time, and you look it's at the polling scary. on what Donald Trump has just done, and rather than make people feel more confident, it's made. People- isn't that isn't that interesting? Look at that! Thank you for joining us. If you just joined the chat, you're on the Daily Boogie. Uh, Twenty eighteen. This doesn't work in their favor. Twenty eighteen. Thirty nine percent apparently were more anxious, but in 32 percent are more anxious. Hmm, could it possibly be that after three years of this kind of hyperbolic nonsense, you know, perpetuating the myth that uh, society is on such a knife edge that there are, you know, roaming death squads in every neighbourhood, could it possibly be that this level of hyperbolic uh, fear-mongering is starting to wear thin on people, maybe? Could that possibly be the case? Could it be that, you know, we've been watching corporate media for the last three years and they're telling us how awful it is, how fearful it is, how full of anxiety we all are, how apprehensive we must be, and then we keep going to work and we keep doing our job and we keep getting on with daily life and go, you know what, I don't think that that's accurate. I don't really think that that's as bad as they make it out to be. Could that possibly be the case, do you think, Joy? Remember, remember, she said herself, people are obsessively watching her show to get this information. People more anxious. So here's the anxiety level in 2018 <clears throat> versus 2019. The anxiety level. <laughs> 19, people are more anxious. Do people feel safer after the strike on Iran? They feel less safe. So that the anxiety, everything he does makes people feel worse. So do- <laughs> We just saw, we just saw that it's going down. Fuck me. <laughs> We just saw it's gone down 7%, Joy. Come on, man. They're not even trying anymore. So do you think that that redounds in particular to any particular... Inside Trump's psyche. ...particular candidate that's well, running on the Democrat Well, let me start with side. the notion... Stella says, I don't watch any of those shows. I know, but that's why I watch I watch it so you don't have to. It's my burden. It's the burden. I tell you. It's, a, it's a grave responsibility. It's a- 
It's a grave responsibility to watch these shows, to, to, to carry that burden for you, to bring it to you. And say, so, you know, and I come I come out of like, you know, my audio visual haze after taking in this ridiculous claptrap. And I look like somebody who's, you know, coming out of the trenches at the end of World War II. I've got bullet holes in me. There's blood coming out of my mouth. My uniform is all covered in mud. And I hand, I hand you the clips and I say, <sighs> mission complete, sir. And it's like, don't worry, tomorrow, Boogs, you're going back in there. I can't go back in there. It's too much. There's UK lawyer activists telling me that I have no right to talk about what it's like to be white. Joy Behar's telling me there's Nazis walking around. I can't take it anymore, Captain. Shut up, Private. Pull yourself together, young man. You get back in there. You get right back in there in that corporate press right now. Subscribe to CNN. <sighs> Come on, Private. Okay. <sighs> I can do this. Sir, yes, sir. And I go back in there again. Fight the fight. Fight the good fight all over again for you. Just practically that energy is contagious. Yeah. And it's disproportionately contagious when you have more influence. So the elevated nervous system of Trump, the anxiety of Trump, mm. gets communicated both to his supporters and to his antagonists. So we <laughs> all feel it. So <laughs> This is news to me. <laughs> okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want an honest, I want an honest answer, okay? Let's take a snap poll in the chat. I want an honest answer. When you're just walking around doing your normal thing, like I said, mowing the lawn, taking a crap, <laughs> reading the paper on the subway. I want to know if 24-7, I want to know if you feel Trump. <laughs> <laughs> we all feel it, he said. We all feel it. It's, it's, you know, a criticism that is leveled at MAGA people, and it's not without some, uh, would you say, some validity, is that uh, Donald Trump has been deified, right? He's become this larger-than-life-he-can-do-no-wrong godlike creature. Now, I ironically perpetuating that, I find very amusing. Unironically perpetuating that, in my opinion, about any politician is a problem. But they they level this at MAGA people. They say, oh, well, they're basically Trump Trump is larger than life. They pretend like Trump is some kind of spirit lord who permeates everything they do. He's at the center of everything that they believe in. But then they go on, they go on AM Joy. Happy, happy joy, joy. And you got you got quacks like this come on and say, well, you know. We can all feel the anxiety that Donald Trump produces, both as supporters and as antagonists. And just walking around, we can feel it. It's in us. <laughs> Fucking garbage. People are like, mm, no, that's a no from me. I can't feel Donald Trump everywhere I go. <laughs> Fuck, man. Fuck. Do you see the sacrifices I make for this little podcast? Do you see the, the things I have to go through? <laughs> Come on, Joy.
Let's see. I need, I need more of this analysis. Well, let's start with that. Do I think it redounds to any candidate? No, I, th- I, I think it, it, it hurts the candidates who arouse fear in people. Yeah. So to be honest, I would say that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are strike up in that middle 600,000 or 300,000 people who this election will be decided by more anxiety. So the more moderate a candidate is, the less anxiety he or she tends to create. Yeah. So I, I have I, I believe that the candidate that should be nominated is indeed the one who will have the best chance of winning those 600,000 votes. Yeah. Now, you take somebody like Bloomberg, if he should take off, you know, Fuck it, we're back. We're circling back around to Michael Bloomberg again. Gee, the corporate press is going out of their way to make my to give Michael Bloomberg a couple of boosts in the polls, aren't they? Ain't that the ain't that the darndest thing? Bloomberg is one of the few candidates who could win Florida. Bloomberg is the guy. They, you know, moderate. We need a moderate. We need somebody who doesn't. You know, we need somebody who doesn't strike fear and anxiety in people. We need somebody who keeps the anxious levels at a, you know, a happy medium. Black Banner in the chat, aroused by fear seems like a poor word choice. (laughs) What are we doing here? Chains, nipple clamps? That sounds horrifyingly sexy. We need somebody who's, you know, just a moderate, just a nice guy. Somebody who doesn't go to any of the extremes. Uh, let's go to Michael Bloomberg now for a, for a comment at a town hall. Yes, I think I think that poor people shouldn't. I think poor. I think it's a good thing to raise taxes on poor people because they're uneducated, they're lazy, and they make poor choices with their own money. So it's better that we take their money and make the choices for them. There you go. There's your moderate. There's your moderate guy who doesn't strike anxiety in people. Michael Bloomberg, ladies and gentlemen. Take the money off the poor people because they're too stupid to spend it themselves. Nice moderation, bro. Way to play the middle ground, huh? <laughs> He's a genius. He's a New York Jew. There are a lot of New York Jews in Florida. <laughs> and Florida goes, so goes the election. If the Democrats were win to, to win the election, the Demo- I mean, if the Democrats were to win Florida, they'd win the election. So I think you've got to... Okay, so... Michael Bloomberg's, according to this, Michael Bloomberg will definitely win New York, Florida, and California. Three big, three big states. Not, don't get me wrong. Three very big states. How about the rest of them, though? <laughs> to kind of hone in on who you who you really believe will win, yeah. and put aside the differences ideologically within the Democratic Party. Ah, okay. Put aside your own preference. Put aside your own preference. Put aside your own value system. Don't make any. Don't worry about all that. Just get the New York Jew guy because he's going to win Florida. Okay. By the way, don't. By the way, Donald Trump exudes such a level of anxiety and fear and loathing in people that we can all feel it on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, people clamoring to watch AM Joy. I want to bring in this because, like I said, we t- we want to talk about solutions here tonight. We've got to fix this. How do we fix this problem? There's too much toxic whiteness out there. There's too many problems that come from toxic whiteness. I mean, we know. We just heard it on AM Joy, so it must be true. Nazis are just walking around everywhere. Everybody's feeling anxious. Everybody's living in fear. We can all feel it. There's no point denying it. We know it's there. 
So I'm bringing this up. Gad Sad. I don't know if you follow him or not. He tweeted this out earlier today. And I, I remember this because this is from 2017. But I remember this story. And I was like, ah, yes. We're into the vintage collection. So I thought even though it's from 2017, it fits nicely. It fits nice and snug with our conversation today. Thank you for joining us here on The Daily Boogie. Healing from toxic whiteness, the woman behind a course helping white people tackling internalized racism. When, when the President of the United States is tweeting his internal monologue, decades-old political unions are coming apart at the seams and no one can quite predict what norm is going to be flung out the window next. Trying to make a positive change can feel as useful as moving deck chairs on the Titanic. But Sandra Kim, the US-based founder of Everyday Feminism website, thinks she has the answer. With her, The answer to toxic whiteness is feminism, apparently. <laughs> the delicious part about that for me is uh, you'll actually find the, the POCs, as they're now referred, the feminist POCs will actually blame white women for toxic male whiteness because the white women don't do enough to get away from the white men, you see. It's a very complex, orgiastic clusterfuck, essentially. Untangling white toxic behavior. You have to get to the women. Girls, stop sleeping with those toxic white males. Stop marrying those toxic white males. Stop having kids with those toxic white males because you are confirming their toxic white maleness. That's a big problem. But Sandra Kim, the US-based founder of Everyday Feminism website, thinks she has the answer, sort of, with her course, Healing from Toxic Whiteness. We need to be healed. It's like a disease. And in and in these tumultuous times, she, uh, she suggests, seashells, seashells, butter seashell, the course is more vital than ever. Kim launched the course in October 2016 with help from Dara Silverman, who campaigns against racial justice. That was a month before Donald Trump was voted the 45th president of the United States. Since then, almost 2,000 people have signed up to the 10-week course, which costs $97. It's a bargain. $97 to change your life. And involves presentations, worksheets, and access to a Facebook group where students discuss how they are practicing and tackling their racist attitudes. You know, today I walked down the street and I was sure not to make eye contact with a black person. Because, you know, if we make eye contact with black people on the street, that is a form of white supremacy. We are trying to show dominance over that person, trying to make them look away. So it's on us to look away to make them comfortable. I just threw that in there. After a few years of devouring this kind of intellectual garbage, I've become accustomed to the language. The course aims to break down everything we think we know about race. Good. Kim acknowledges that the term toxic whiteness will be seen as offensive to a lot of people. Not to me. I think it's fucking hilarious. Uh, she has been accused of racism towards white people and being, quote, a hardline feminist. But that's because white people don't understand that they're not actually white at all, says Kim. Thank God. <laughs> what? All this time I thought I was a white guy? I'm not white at all? Yes, now I can play in the NBA. Fuck you. Yeah. Been waiting my whole life for this. But rather, that is a concept that society conditions them to believe. So you're not really white. You've just been made to believe you're white. 
If you go through this course, you'll actually come out and say, holy shit, I'm a black guy. <laughs> Who knew? Here, racism not only means the extremities of actively hating people of colour and signing up to the KKK, but also not recognising that as white men hold most of the world's power and money, it is skewed in favour of those of European descent. White supremacy, then, is not just used to describe far-right groups, but the structures of society that built by people originally from Europe. God, God, those fucking Europeans. How dare they? How dare they? If only we could go back and stop the Europeans from doing things like scientific discovery, map making, exploring, right? If, if only we could get them to stop. I mean, the Europeans, sure, they butchered each other for thousands of years before exploring the rest of the world. If only they kept killing each other, we wouldn't be in this problem. It's disgusting. It's awful. White folks are not inherently white. They are people of they are they are people of they are people. That's what the way it's written of European descent. Whiteness is a social construct created to keep poor people down in the US and colonial America to make it easier to exploit them. We can see in US politics how racism is scapegoating people of color for economic issues that are the fault of the ruling economic class and the government is in cahoots with them. And now Trump's appointees are very fragrantly doing it, Jane. James, why did I say James then? James is a person of colour. Do you agree with this, James? Are you being exploited, sir? The course is looking at how that systemic oppression is harmful both to people who are marginalised and those who are privileged. Compassionate activism. Oh, this I like compassionate activism. That's a new one. Is that when you apologise when you jump on the train to stop it leaving the station? When people just want to get home from work because of climate change? Is that when you buy somebody a bouquet of flowers or a box of chocolates after you hit them in the head with a fucking bike lock and crack their skull open? Is that compassionate activism? I hope so. Compassionate activism is looking at how to heal from systemic oppression so we can respond to everyday injust with love. Love is the answer. We've fucking said it on this show so many times. Love is the way. Love is the way forward, guys. Got to come together. Got to love. Got to love one another. A big orgy with just all the colors of the rainbow. Fuck for peace. That's what we'll call it. Hashtag fuck for peace. <laughs> oh, not, not that kind of love, I'm being told. I'm being told in my headset. Not, not that kind of love. Oh, okay. The boring kind. That's what we want. First, we need to heal ourselves. Everybody needs time to heal. A good cry session. Maybe the notebook with a, with a bottle of uh, white wine. That might do the trick. We need to heal ourselves and the way that we are harmed, both as marginalised as well as privileged people, ladies and gentlemen. Then we are in a place of emotional wholeness and taking care of the pain caused to us by systemic oppression. We can tackle racism. All you need is love. Exactly. Follow Q in the chat. Boogie exploits me for fortune cookies, says James. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is anybody following the debate? Uh, the debate. The Let me have a look here and see what's going on with the Trump rally. Is he on? Is he on now? The Pulitzer Prize doesn't mean a thing. Okay. Doesn't mean a thing. I mean, I'm going to tell you about the Nobel Peace Prize. I'll tell you about that. All right. You know what I, I might do? I made a deal. I saved a country. And I just heard that the head of that country right. is now 
getting the Nobel Peace Prize. What I might do, I might say goodbye to YouTube and uh, Periscope, and I'll do the rally on DLive. So if you want to keep, if you want to watch the rally with us, jump on DLive.tv/slash Boogie Bumper. I'll say adios to our Periscope audience. I'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. If you want to continue watching uh, with us, watch the Donald Trump rally, then jump on dlive.tv slash boogie bumper and we'll keep watching over there. All right. See you soon, guys. We're the greatest medicines in the world. If they have something that they're pretty sure is going to work, but it's going to take another six years. I brought those times way back, by the way, way down. But they would travel to Asia. They would travel Welcome to back. Europe. They would travel all over the world to try and get a cure because we wouldn't sell them the medicine because we didn't want to take a chance on making the people sick. I said, wait a minute. Hit refresh. Die. They're going to die. Well, sir, we can't take the liability. I said, then we'll drop a statement assessing all liability, taking all liability away from the country, away from the insurance companies, away from the health care companies, away from the doctors. And with the great help of a lot of incredible Republicans, and we had some Democrats help us, we passed right to try. And you have to see how this has worked. Some people are being, many people are being saved. And you know, the drug companies didn't like it because they didn't want to take people that sick because they didn't want it on their charts. I said, I understand that, that we won't include that. We'll have a separate list over here. They said, oh, would you do that? I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. But I didn't talk about right to try. I never said I was going to get that done, and we got it done. That was a tough one to get done. Sounds simple. It was tough. There's nothing easy in this country. You know, they said to me, a friend of mine the other day, Who's the toughest country to deal with, President? He used to call me Donald. I've known this guy for a long time. I like to say 20 years, but it's much more than oh, that. Oh, this I is the last rally. Long. It's too long. Look at this. Said, We're watching the last rally. I didn't even look at the Chiron down below. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So we just we just kicked off all of the Periscope and YouTube people for nothing. <laughs> you know what? If you listen to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you it will be seamless. You won't even know. You won't even know. Well, since we're watching an old rally, I may as well get back to some other stuff then, shall I? Fuck it, who cares? That's a long way. Where's my channel stickers? You can only get channel stickers when you get to the next level up, which is uh, partner. So I need to get to a thousand followers to get to partner, unfortunately. Then I, and I'm, I'm only halfway there. I'm only at 500. He'll be on soon. 45 minutes? Fuck that. It was a sick ploy to get them onto DLive. It didn't work. Nobody came. <laughs> well, let's get to this. I want to play this anyway. We'll leave uh, the old rally there. I'll keep it on a screen uh, to the side. Let's get to this. Uh, as you know, I am a fan of Project Veritas. I will put my hand up. I am a fan of Project Veritas. No more racism crap. There's We've got plenty more racism crap. Come on. I love it. It's why I get up in the morning. Oh, oh. Thank you for subscribing, Joanne. Thank you for falling for my sick ploy to get people to come over to DLive. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I just saw Rally and I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want people to miss it. So... No, I'm an idiot. 
I wonder if people on Periscope were going, no, no, it's not the right one. Stop. Don't go. Probably not. They're probably very happy that this took place. It's like, thank God. He's out of here. Not to worry. <laughs> we'll carry on. So this video came out early today, Project Veritas. I'm a big fan of James O'Keefe. Uh, to me, you know, people sometimes say to me, uh, well, it's biased. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. So what? It's like, well, he clearly has an agenda. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So what? And they're like, well, isn't it wrong to have an agenda in the media? I'm like, um, no, it's wrong to have an agenda in the media and pretend like you don't. There's a difference, right? It's wrong to have um, it's wrong to have an obvious bias, but then try to tell people that you don't. That's what I have an issue with. I think that's what most people have a problem with. If a lot of people in the media just came out and said, "No, no, we really actually hate the other person, and we're doing everything we can to undermine them," instead of saying, "We just we just give you the real news," then I think people would have a lot less, you know, to complain about. But uh, what I, I think what James O'Keefe does is I would call it guerrilla journalism, right? It's probably the last bastion of investigative undercover journalism. And yeah, I know he has an agenda. And yes, I know people fund him because he wouldn't be able to do it without funding. And But I also know that the entirety of the rest of the corporate media has an agenda and also gets funded by nefarious characters as well. So I really don't see why we should make special distinction here. If people are going to hand me mainstream corporate media sources constantly... Thank you for the diamond ad bar. If people are going to hand me corporate media sources constantly and say, here, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Thank you for coming. And I'll say, oh, okay, well, check this out from Project Veritas. They go, you can't, you can't hand me Project Veritas. The guy has an agenda and he's funded by people and he comes from one side of the argument. I'm like, well, what about this pile of fucking paperwork you just left on my desk here? Where do you think that comes from? So I do enjoy what James O'Keefe does. I haven't seen any of this. I haven't seen it. I've seen the tweets going around and people like a couple of minutes um, broken up here and there, but I haven't watched any of it. So let's have a look together, shall we? Let's check it out. If you haven't seen this yet, this should be interesting. Uh, should we start from the start? James O'Keefe, well, we'll skip the start part. James O'Keefe uh, has got somebody undercover in the Bernie Sanders campaign and they're actually trying to push, should this be addressed by Bernie Sanders tonight at the debate? I would say very highly unlikely that it will be. <laughs> very highly, highly improbable that somebody will bring up the Project Veritas video to Bernie Sanders on the debate stage tonight. Very unlikely. And if they do, it will be, um, Mr. Sanders, uh, Project Veritas, as you know, is a conservative activist group who takes edited video and... Uh, comments taken out of context in order to paint their political opponents as evil and awful and criminal. Uh, how do you respond to this propaganda online? <laughs> It'll be something like that. It'll be a nice underarm over, over home plate, you know what I mean? Something nice and easy just to get rid of. All right, let's see what's going on here. They are scared senseless like even like even like the ones that are kind of like you know the right wing people the only thing that works the only thing that fascists understand is violence so the only way that you can confront them is with violence the only thing that fascists understand is violence 
Now, <laughs> this is cute because I can I can I can understand where he's coming from, right? If we just take that one statement in a vacuum, the only thing that fascists understand is violence. I think they understand more than just violence. But let's just take that comment on face value. I think people would say throughout history, yes, fascism has led to violence. Fascists, fascists can be violent. Fascists have used violence previously to, you know, uh, get their hands on the on the levers of power. Fair. I think the problem that a lot of people have, though, when he's talking about, you know, the anti-fash, bash the fash people, is when they see people in black ski masks beating up pensioners on the street who are decrepit and, you know, using walkers to get from one side of the street to the other. <laughs> Thank you for the subs, Gypsy. Where did you get the subs, Gypsy? So when they see, you know, old ladies and people, innocent people just standing there, maybe they got a little American flag. Yay, America. I just love America. I think the problem that most people have is how you classify fascists, right? How do you deem somebody to be a fascist? Because of all of the videos that I've seen, very seldom are you actually hitting people who are like dressed in brown shirts with swastikas and big black Doc Martens. I don't see that as often as I see, you know, innocent people getting hit in the back of the head or little old ladies getting pushed to the ground or uh, young girls at a Milo Yiannopoulos fucking speech getting sprayed in the face with mace. That's what we see. So it's like the only thing that fascists understand is violence. It's like, okay, and who are the fascists? All of you. <laughs> Everybody is a fascist. We're all fascists. So we have to confront the fascists with violence. That means we have to hit everybody in the fucking face. We have to break everybody's nose. So if Trump gets reelected, what? Cities burn. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, to be fair, I, a lot is getting made of this comment here, of this statement. And if Trump gets elected, what happens then? Fucking cities burn. Fucking cities burn, man. You know, but you know what? To be fair, I've heard a lot of people say if Trump gets impeached, they've said things like, we are going to march on Washington with our guns, right? There will be civil war. So that, you know, it's a little disingenuous for people to say, oh my God, he said he's threatening to burn cities down if Donald Trump gets re-elected. I'm like, yeah, I know, but a lot of people have threatened to march on Washington with AR-15s if Donald Trump gets impeached. So, you know, let's not, pre let's not pretend like this is just all one way here, but maybe there's more to it. Let's have a look. And I would also like to point out a little idiosyncrasy. Um, under the last president, that being Barack Obama, a grand total of eight cities burned while he was president due to race riots. So, you know, we're not breaking new ground here. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do what you got to do, man. You got to do what you got to do. I've just, I have, I must burn this city to the ground. I've got to do what I got to do. I'm compulsed. I, I have a compulsive urge to burn the city to the ground. Listen to that voice inside you. What does it say? Burn them all. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of time left. We have to save, like, human civilization. 
Pardon me. <clears throat> Young Yurik here thinks he's saving human civilization. It's quite the God complex, isn't it? You know, I didn't even want to do this. You know, I just wanted to be a, a fireman. I wanted to be a sports star like all of my friends. You know, I just wanted to be a computer programmer, a simple simple programmer online. I didn't want to have to take on this burden, but, you know, we're running out of time here. We're running out of time. We don't have a lot of time left if we're going to save human civilization. <laughs> it's, it's funny too because I've often said before and people argue with me, I'm like, no, no, you have to, they, the, the people on the other side, they're not just doing it all the time, you know, just to trigger you or just to troll you. They genuinely believe this stuff. They genuinely believe that they are saving Western civilization, right? They believe that they are on a, like, just like some people believe that they're on a mission, a righteous mission from God. On the other side, people think that they're on a righteous mission to stop Hitler. And I don't know. See, I'm not. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a bit of an emotional flatliner. I don't really get dizzying highs and sobering lows. I kind of just bounce along in the middle. So it's not too difficult for me to sit back and go, "These people are crazy." But if you're in the moment, if you're in the bubble, I could imagine it would be very easy to be swept up by this shit. Nah, man, we got to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to burn Milwaukee to the ground in order to save human civilization. It's a bit of a non sequitur, but okay, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. And obviously, Trump, you don't give two about making sure that the world doesn't burn. <laughs> you, you, you're the one that's going to burn the cities down, though. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that fucking cute? Donald, what happens if Donald Trump gets reelected? Cities will burn. So what do we have to do? We have to stop Donald Trump getting elected so we don't burn the cities down ourselves. <laughs> it's like standing there with a lighter and a, and a tin of petrol. Don't make me do it, America. Don't make me do it. Don't you vote for Donald Trump. I will burn this fucking city to the ground if you don't vote for Bernie Sanders. Don't make me light this match. Do not make me throw this tin of petrol into the Starbucks window. I swear to God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Don't you vote, don't you vote for Trump. Don't, 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 no, 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 ah, 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 You know, if you vote for Donald Trump and I set fire to this building, it's going to be your fault. Like the husband, you know, who comes home from work and uh, the wife puts the dinner on the table and he eats a couple of mouthfuls and says, well, this isn't really prepared the way I like it, and then gets up and beats her in the face with a rolling pin and says, look what you made me do. Look what you've done. I just wanted to come home and have a nice dinner, but you had to serve the lamb chops cold. You did this. You made this happen, bitch. <laughs> this is basically the same thing. They're treating uh, the rest of the world like the battered wife. If you don't do what we want, we will uh, we will react with violence, and it'll be your fault. <laughs> Fucking Milwaukee will burn. There's probably isn't Milwaukee a very liberal city? I, I always thought. Am I wrong? Milwaukee's a very. It's Milwaukee's in Wisconsin, right? Milwaukee's a very blue town, is it not? I wonder how many people in you know Milwaukee are sitting back and watching this. And going, what the fuck did we do? <laughs> We're on your side. Come on, man. 
What are you burning us down for? We didn't do nothing. Start in Milwaukee, and then when they and when the police push back on that, and other cities are just. Thanks. Nice special effects, man. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see, see you in hell. Nice special effects, bro. Just adds, to, just adds to the realism, doesn't it? And then fucking Milwaukee will burn. Be ready to be in Milwaukee for the DNC commission. That's, well, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Plus, that's all I'm going to say. Plus the other eight minutes of uh, footage that I've said to this undercover reporter. <laughs> I on being there. What about Des Moines? We're gonna make 1978 look like a fucking Girl Scout fucking cookout. <laughs> oh man, this is uh... <laughs> the cigarette hanging out of the mouth, the neck beard. <laughs> We're gonna make 1968 look like a fucking Girl Scout fucking cookout. You know, you know how these things play out. They're going to go there. There's going to be about two hundred people. They're going to be they're going to be chanting things in the street. Most people will ignore them, and when they get in people's way and start becoming a nuisance, then they won't ignore them anymore. They'll push themselves into other people. They'll antagonize. They'll start attacking people, and then when people respond, they'll blame the fascists. They'll blame the fash. <laughs> You did this. It's your fault. You caused this. You, through your electoral decisions, have made me do this to you. <laughs> what does that mean? Remember what happened when McGovern got fucked in, in Chicago in 1978? Riots. <laughs> people getting beaten by the cops. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting beaten in Milwaukee. Oh! Oh dear! <laughs> Cops in Milwaukee, you have been warned. The good sirs of the badge, the boys in the boys in blue, you've <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. Kyle Jurick and his neckbeard are coming to a riot near you. <laughs> It'll be the fucking cops getting bashed in the street, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is one. I love this shit. Kimmy in the chat. Oopsie. <laughs> the best part. I Don't you just love when you see like fucking morons like this guy, when you see them marching down the street and they'll be carrying, they'll be chanting no more fascism, no more fascism. And they'll be, they'll be holding signs that say we live in a fascist state. The United States is a fascist country, the fascist police state. But you're watching these people and they're chanting and they're giving the finger to the cops and saying, fuck you, pig. Fuck you, fash. And it's like their own actions disprove their belief. Like you have to be next level mentally divergent to not pick up on it. So, like, if I'm marching down the street holding a sign that says, I live in a fascist state, fuck the fash, if I'm giving the finger to policemen, like, to their face saying, fuck you, pig, fuck you, copper, and if I'm chanting no more fascism USA, at some point, 
I'm going to turn the, to the guy next to me and say, hang on a minute. If we were really in a fascist state, would we be allowed to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? If this, if everything we were saying about fascism were true, why are we allowed to march in the street and give cops the finger and tell them, fuck you, pig? Wouldn't they be hitting us with batons by now? Wouldn't they be getting, you know, the, the fucking soaker hose and knocking us all on our ass and dragging us and beating us and putting us in cells? Why are they just letting us walk around and do this? At which point I'm sure uh, Jurek, this young gentleman who I would be marching with, of course, would turn to me and say, he's one of them. He's a fascist, guys. Get him. <laughs> because you see, questioning questioning the movement means that you're a fash as well. Every Remember, everybody's a fascist. Everybody. You're going to call up the National Guard for that shit. They're going to call up the National Guard for that shit. <laughs> I don't think they will, Jurek. I don't think they will. And again, it's, it's fuck, it's so deliciously, it's dripping with irony. He's talking about Milwaukee, a very, very blue town with a very, very blue police chief and a very, very blue local government. So now the, your guys, your city, your people, you're going to bash their police, apparently, in the streets. You're going to burn the bluest city to the ground in order to make your point. I don't think that this is a very good move PR-wise, Zurich. I don't think you have considered this wholly and fully. I, I don't think that you are considering the unintended consequences which may flow from your actions, sir. Promise you that. Zurich. Promise you that. You can take that to the bank which is run by the fascists. ...is clearly very radical, but also very confused about his political history. He talks about... <laughs> that, was, that was Tucker Carlson-level snarkiness there. <laughs> He's very committed, but also very confused. <laughs> ...riots in Chicago in 1978 when George McGovern was running for president. In fact, the riots were in 1968 just, when Hubert... Just, just 10 years off with a different guy. Close enough, man. We're not here for details, bro. We're here for the revolution. Humphrey was the Democratic nominee. McGovern ran for president in 1972, and there were no riots that year. Like, if Bernie doesn't, if, it, if they f***ing take Bernie from us, then we have nothing else left to lose. But it all costs, whatever it takes. Um, and that's why, like, when they're like, oh, anti fascists are violent. It's amazing how many of these, um, you know, very serious um, activist meetings are held in like backyard barbecues with the golden hits of the 70s playing in the background. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> Sweet talking lady. Whatever the fuck it is. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> it could be at Bernie's house for all we know. It's because. We're willing to go above and beyond what the law says is acceptable. Like, oh, free speech, yeah. Like they they try to be like, you know, oh, you're a victim, or you're you're against free speech. No, we're not against free speech. We're against hate speech. <laughs> so dumb, man. These people are dumb. And if your speech free, free speech is something that like these people shouldn't exist, then I don't give a f if it's free speech or not. You don't need it. Like, free speech has repercussions. Again, it's fucking battered wife shit. 
I can't believe this wasn't more obvious to me. They're they're blaming their violence on you for your choices. If you vote for Donald Trump, we will burn this city to the ground. If I react, it's going to be your fault. <laughs> if I do, if I hit you in the head, it's your fault. If I burn, if I bash the police, if I bash the fucking fash the police in the streets of Milwaukee, it will be because of you, because you took Bernie from us. You didn't vote for our guy. It's your fault. It's on your head, man. Complete, complete lack of self-reflection and responsibility. Completely. But this is, you know, if if we're going to entertain the idea that uh, Nazis are being empowered, can we not entertain the idea that fucking knuckle-dragging rock apes like this fucking peasant are also being empowered. Can we not do that as well? Right? Like obviously that's the case. Build up throughout their whole life, you can do no wrong. As long as you have the right opinion, then nothing you do in, you know, pursuit of exacting that opinion can be wrong. Whatever it takes. He said, whatever it takes, whatever we got to do, we will go above and beyond the law in order to do what we want, in order to get what we want done. And, like, this isn't just, like, invented in a vacuum. This comes from years and years and years of programming, of being told in universities, like, how unjust the system is and all of the great heroes in the the civil rights movement broke the law in order to fix it. You know, sometimes we have to we sometimes we have to break the law in order to fix the law. Because the law is all about the system, man, and the system keeps the people in power. So we need to do what we gotta do. This is a righteous endeavor. We need to make a diff in order to make break in order to make an omelet, you gotta break a few eggs, right? And if those eggs uh, happen to be on the shoulders of pensioners walking across the street in Milwaukee, we'll fucking break them too. You know what I mean? Because fuck the fash. Yeah, you, there are consequences to your right? <laughs> wonder if there'll be any consequences to this. Probably not. Probably not. I heard that he's already been let go from his position. He's already stepped down. That doesn't, don't, don't celebrate that. That doesn't mean anything. Because he's going to pop up in some other campaign six months from now and it'll just be business as usual. He'll just be working at a different level. He won't be on the, you know, the Bernie Sanders inner sanctum, or if he is. <clears throat> Again, I think he's just a local organiser. But he'll just move to a different town and be a local organiser there instead. And the people in his circles will be saying, you know, you're not wrong. Fuck Project Veritas. How could they do that to you? Such bullshit, man. You're not wrong. This just makes us more committed. You know what I mean? So don't celebrate like it's some kind of victory. It's not going to change anything. And if your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, uh, religious, uh, like for whatever reason, like things that people can't change, then you should expect a violent. Did he just say you can't change your gender? <laughs> uh oh. Yes. If your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender, they always go to this. I re- like hand on heart. I would tell you honestly, if I had seen this, I don't see a lot of people calling for extermination. Do you? Honestly, it's like where are you getting? Where are you looking? 
Show me these exterminators. Show me these genocidal maniac fascists. Where are they? Show me the people that want to kill everybody. Where are they hanging out? It's not at the barbecue with fucking, you know, electric light orchestra playing in the background. They're not there. They're not in Milwaukee. We know that. Where the fuck are they, bro? Oh, if you're going to call for the elimination of people based on race and gender, and then he goes on to say things you can't change. So now we have, okay, so now Bernie, see, this should be the scandal. This may be, this might actually be the thing that sinks him in the movement. It won't be uh, talking about beating the shit out of police officers. It won't be burning cities to the ground. They're on board with that. They'd say, but they'll say, Jurek, we'd love to re-employ you. We'd love to hire you here at the Elizabeth Warren campaign. But unfortunately, you committed hate speech yourself. What? What? Did I? Yes, you did. You said people can't change their gender. We all know that that's false. You're a bigot, Jurek. You did, you did a hate speech on camera. And they start dragging him away. No, but I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Sorry, Jurek. Your speech has consequences. No, don't take me away. No, this is where I belong. Let that be a lesson to the rest of you, Bernie bros. Mm -hmm. People saying they can't change their gender. He's, he's just committed his own hate speech. He doesn't even fucking know it. People based on race or gender or uh, uh, religious, uh, like for whatever reason, like things that people can't change, then you should expect a violent reaction. And you deserve a violent reaction. Because like, that's it's just not an acceptable thing. It's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. I'm just not accepting it. It's unacceptable. <laughs> Who the fuck asked you, mate? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know I had to clear it with the Bernie campaign. I didn't know we had to clear this hate speech with you, Mr. Denying More Than Two Genders. Fucking bigot. How many people have suicided themselves that have been related to the Clintons in some way or another? Nice. It's fucking insane. Kill the Clintons? Baby, revolution. Kill the Clintons? Revolution is on. Let me tell you something about this revolution. No, we, we don't got to kill the Clintons. We'll make them kill themselves. How's that? <laughs> Reign of terror. It's this is like just fucking next level LARPing now. <laughs> Reign of terror. Who the fuck are you, man? Who Who is this? Who the fuck are you? He thinks he's Thanos. I will come to, I will bring a reign of terror. So awful and so powerful and so overwhelming we will make our opponents kill themselves. <laughs> Just a fucking neck beard standing in someone's backyard rolling a cigarette. You're, you've got work to do, son. Sonny Jim. <laughs> you've got work. You better get out there now. If you're expecting, you know, a reign of terror within eight months, I don't think, I'm just looking at the time here, I don't think you've got enough time. I don't think you can make this happen. Holy shit, man. The rain, rain of terror. <laughs> and then my alarm went off. And I realized I'm just a pissant volunteer working on a campaign. And I'm not an orchestrator of societal collapse. I am not the orchestrator of a reign of terror. I am not a political criminal mastermind like I imagine myself to be. 
I'm just your average white trash suburban neckbeard with a whole lot of thoughts about socialism that nobody gives a fuck about and nobody agrees with. How about that? Clear in Jurek's idea of a revolution, Democratic candidates like Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg wouldn't be safe, and in his world, networks like MSNBC or even moderate liberals wouldn't be immune. Throw down? I'm ready to throw down now. Ready to fucking throw down, man. Look at all those, look at all that, look at all that beer on the on the table, huh? Bit of Dutch courage for Jurek. Thank you for the diamond, UK, Neil. Little get a couple of grogs into him, all of a sudden he's a world beater. Get a couple of a get a couple of coronas into Urich and he'll start throwing down. I'm fucking ready to rumble, man. Fucking hold me back, bitch. <laughs> okay, mate. All right. <laughs> you do, do what you gotta do. I'm waiting for the reign of terror, mate. Would you, did you wake me up when the reign of terror arrives? Would you? I don't, I don't want to wait. Have to wait for. Yeah, with who though? Who, who's you gonna throw down with? Billionaire class. Billionaire class. Fucking media pundits. Yep. Go walk into that MSNBC studios, drag those up by their hair, and light them on fire in the streets. Remember yesterday we were talking about Iran and we were watching the video that somebody posted out and apparently it was, I don't speak Arabic, so I'm going to, I'll take it on face value. They could have been chanting recipes for a souffle for all I fucking know, but they were chanting and the person said they're chanting death to dictators, death to dictators. And I put it to you that perhaps maybe part of the problem in that part of the world is jumping straight to murder as a solution, Right. Like, if it's not death to America, then it's death to dictators. It's like, well, what? We don't have to, we don't have to go straight to cutting people's heads off. How about a trial? How about a prison sentence? Why don't we enter at least entertain the other ideas? No, fuck it. Let's kill them all. Let's kill everybody who disagrees. And it's like, do you ever take pause and say, you know what? Maybe a lot of the problems that we have is because whenever one group, whenever one of us gets into power, we just want to kill all the other people all the time. And then eventually when when that group gets out of power, we're, on the, we're in another group, we take control and then we want to kill all of them. Just like an endless cycle of killing our opponents. Maybe, maybe we should maybe reassess. Is that potentially? Fuck it, kill him. He doesn't think we should kill everybody, kill him. You know what I mean? How much of a source... Of, of, of is this as a problem, right? <laughs> so this fucking guy. What are we going to do about the MSNBC? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to storm the MSNBC studios, drag them out by the hair, and light those motherfuckers on fire in the street. Again, I don't think much is going to come of this. Most people will try to ignore it. I, I already predicted the response. You don't need, the, these people are so, it's not a talent or anything. These people are just so predictable. All you have to do is look at all of the previous responses. And I said, I think it was uh, MAGA Rob on Twitter said something. And I said, look, this is my favorite response, this is, which is going to be used. It'll be like, uh, these videos are heavily edited and contain comments taken out of context to portray people in negative ways. And that's pretty much word for word what the across the board response is has been to this. 
Ah, no, edited videos taken out of context, portraying political opponents in negative ways. Pay no attention. Do not, do not look here. Do not see this. But I just wonder if a few people, a few little people here and there, little dots of people, hopefully the people of Milwaukee, because they're not, they're going to need to buy fire insurance. But hopefully a few people around Milwaukee might just say, I thought all of the uh, violence and killing and stuff was those guys. I thought they were the terrorists. Are we the, like, I, I, I don't know who it was in the chat. I think it was Zoig in the chat before. He said, you know, no self-reflection. Are we the baddies here? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Coming from that classic Dave Mitchell sketch when he's dressed up like as a, as a Nazi. Are we the baddies? Really? No idea. So we're gonna we're gonna get media pundits, drag them out by the hair, and set them on fire in the street. This, this could be this could be Tehran in a year or two. This could be any dictatorship in North Africa or the Middle East. No fucking difference whatsoever. Unironically, and again, lacking the self-reflection, we need to build a better society by killing everybody we disagree with. That's a good. That's a good way to start your society, mate. That's a. That's a great way to kick it off. Guys like that. What are we gonna do with them? Gulag. <laughs> Liberals get the fucking wall first. What are we gonna do with those people that resist the change? Because that's a big deal. I'll tell you what, in Cuba, what do they do to reactionaries? They shot them on the beach. <laughs> While he's listening to hip hop. <laughs> like a full, I'm a fucking gangster, man. I'm an OG commie. <laughs> oh, Yurik, Yurik, Yurik. He was such a nice boy. I don't know what happened to my little Yurik. You know, he grew up, he wanted to help people. He wanted to be a nice boy. He wanted to do the right things by the world. He wanted to show the world that there was a better way. I don't know what happened to my sweet little boy. You know, he started listening to that rap music with all of the killing and the drugs. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's setting people on fire in the street, shooting people on the beach. I don't know what happened to my sweet little boy. Do you want to fight? Okay, we get it. Don't give yourself whiplash by getting down, man. Just relax. It's okay. You can tap your foot. You're white. You don't have to overact your response to a hip-hop beat. It's fine. People don't expect you to look black. Stop trying. Fight against the revolution. You're going to die for it, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Okay, sport. <laughs> some pretty harsh words for Sanders' rival on the left, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, he'll be, he'll be working for her by, you know, the end of next month. Clearly critical of her staffers in Iowa. They're like sending canvassers to our events. Like we had the climate summit with Naomi Klein and AOC. <laughs> Warren campaign, campaign people show up, want to table the event, want to set up a table for Warren at the event. We're like, get the out of here. This isn't a Warren event. You're not coming in here and f***ing scooping up people? Like, no. No, we mustn't, we mustn't allow you to scoop up people. Our people are our people, and if you don't like it, we'll fucking kill you, okay? <laughs> this guy's a visionary. 
No. It is a competition, you know. I mean, yeah, like we're not on the same team, guys. Like, you know, like I know you guys like to say, like, hey, Warren's just like Bernie, but a woman. But guess what? You're done. We're not on the same team. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this level of, um, you know, intellectual sophistication, I think. these This is the kind of guy that I want running the world's most powerful government. This is exactly the kind of guy that we need to hand the keys to the Ferrari to. You know what I mean? Because he just gets it. He just gets it, man. <laughs> they say that it's just like, why don't, you, why don't you explain the difference between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren for us in articulate detail, ideological differences and contrasts, if you would, please, young Uric. Well, it's like, you know, they say like, uh, like Elizabeth's like, like Bernie, but like, you know, with a vagina or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's like, we're not on the same team here, guys. Get the fuck out of here. So it's profound, isn't it? I love, I love this guy. I, I put Bernie's a bad judge of character. So like he has like <laughs> There there is so much irony. I feel like I'm on the verge of orgasm here. <laughs> the irony of this guy saying Bernie is such a bad judge of character <laughs> while he works for Bernie Sanders while he's on tape threatening his political opponents with death and a reign of terror. <laughs> the He's right. He's 100% accurate. Congratulations, Yurik. You nailed it. Obviously, Bernie Sanders is a fucking terrible judge of character. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. <laughs> they would have had somebody far smarter doing your job. They would have had a better person doing your job if he was a good judge of character. If Bernie was a good judge of character, this video never happens. So we have to give credit to you. Well done, Yurik. He's accurate. He nailed it. Congratulations. Uh, Weaver, who, uh, who is his, like, one of his like campaign like, like senior advisors, uh, is a shit Human. Shitty fucking human. But he like, but he likes him. You know, Bernie likes him. Bernie's, you know, why is he he's seventy-eight years old and he's like setting his ways. Is he working for Bernie or not? <laughs> you know, we're on the side of Bernie, but that's because he's seventy-eight years old, man. He's getting old. He's setting his ways. You know what I mean? It's okay. We we only need him for the start of the revolution. Then he'll die and we'll take over. Isn't he like? Yeah. You know, that's one one weakness that Bernie has is he's a bad judge of character with some people. Like he loves Elizabeth, like he's friends with Elizabeth Warren. He's friends with I I don't approve of your friends, Mr. Sanders. I don't approve approve of your friends, Bernie. <laughs> He's a bad judge of character. What can you do? Uh, I mean, he, Bernie has like kind of started opening up lines of attack against Warren, uh, but he keeps it. But he keeps it policy based. Yeah, he should. He should be way more personal. He should actually come out and say against Elizabeth Warren. Look, if you don't look, Elizabeth, we're not on the same team here. Why don't you get your fucking skank ass out of here, huh?
We're not on the same team. We're not on the same side. And in fact, if you don't get behind us, we will drag you about out by the street and murder you. That's what that's what he should do, apparently. People tell me that at on the doors. Like, yeah, you know, I like Bernie, but I really want a woman to be it's like, wait, so like you're okay with a woman if she has worse policies. <laughs> don't be okay with women. Like, this this Bernie bro is actually sounding pretty based. <laughs> just because she's a woman. Because she has a vagina, that's why you're gonna vote for her. I'm, I'm starting to come around on this guy. He's starting to make sense to me now. Like, if we could beat Donald Trump, as long as we nominate a woman. Like, idiot. Like, what the? <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> this guy's not going to have any friends left in the left. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so let's let's run through. Let's run through this guy's list of uh, friends, former friends, which are now going to be enemies. Let's let's look, run through the list of people that he's no longer aligned with, okay? So he hates Milwaukee. He hates the people of Milwaukee because he wants to burn Milwaukee to the fucking ground. He's going to beat the, the, the living shit out of the Milwaukee police, but we kind of expect that with a commie. Uh, so that's, you know, that's nothing out of the ordinary. He's going to take MSN. He's going to take the pundits on MSNBC and drag them out by the hair and light them on fire in the street. He hates. Uh, he, he believes that um, you can't change your gender, which is hate speech. So he hates the trans community as well. He also hates women because you know idiots are out there voting for someone just because she has a vagina. Like fuck, man. This guy sounds like everything that he hates. <laughs> Again, unironically. Oh, Yurik, they don't get it, man. Like, the world is on fire. This is an emergency situation, and you're hung up on vaginas. <laughs> Nobody who ever had vagina would say that. <laughs> is this someone you want to be part of your government? Yes. Keep him. I, I do. <laughs> mind. Jurek was an Imagine what fun we'll have. Open book. On day one, he told us he wanted to punch, quote, Nazis. Burn cities. Nazis. It's <laughs> down if Trump wins again. Remember the reign of terror, ladies and gentlemen. A reign of terror so horrifying, he will force, remember his words, not mine, he will force the Clintons to kill themselves. The, the reign of terror that he is going to unleash on the world, which is in crisis and needs to be saved. But imagine saving the world with a reign of terror. <laughs> It's like, I've got a broken toe. That's all right. We'll just cut your leg off. How about that? That'll fix your broken toe. No more broken toes for you. It's like, I've got a headache. Uh, can I get that pistol and just put it up to my, my temple? That'll fix the headache. Again, in a free election. <laughs> D-Life Diggers based. <laughs> and spoke of shooting people. Based in commie. Shooting people. Sh sh he was talking about shooting people. <laughs> if they couldn't be, quote, re-educated. Is Kyle Jurek the true but hidden face of the Sanders campaign? Is the Sanders campaign going to fire Kyle Jurek? Are they going to say he's a lone wolf or an isolated incident? Probably. Probably. But again, that's as far as it'll go. He'll still be a hero to people. Well, in our next release, you will hear Jurek say... I need, another, re I need another release now. This is just a tease. Shocking and disturbing totalitarian aspirations ever spoken during a presidential campaign. Nice. Stay tuned, America. More to come. More to come. Thank you very much. That was thoroughly enjoyable. I'm looking forward to more.
So I think the president is uh, just about to start his rally. Uh, this might be a good time to leave it for tonight. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive and Patreon. Your generosity is always valued, of course. And like I said, maybe hold off. If you are in Milwaukee, ladies and gentlemen, hold off on the on the tips to the show in the future because, like I said, you might need to buy that fire insurance soon if President Trump gets elected again anyway. And if you've got friends in the uh, in the police force, do try to warn them that Uric is planning to unleash a reign of terror upon them. Thank you so they need to make sure that they look after themselves because Uric is coming to town. And we all know what that means. A horror so gruesome that you will be forced to kill yourself in response. So thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. I am opening the chest now. If you would like to unleash upon me a reign of terror, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. I'll be back tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6 p.m. Eastern once again for another edition. Got so much more stuff to get through. We're going to have to burn through tomorrow's stories. I've got tabs tabs on tabs on tabs on tabs on tabs. Thanks for the subs. Thanks to the new subs who joined. Thanks to the new followers. Till tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6 p.m. Have a wonderful night. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.